Welcome to the Malt Whiskey Trail Podcast. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for joining. The Malt Whiskey Trail Podcast is produced every fortnight and is best enjoyed, responsibly of course, with a dram, the traditional measure of scotch. Our show notes can be found at www.maltwhiskeytrail.com, where you can also plan your trip to the world's only malt whiskey trail. Now, let's get into the show. Slangeva with... today with Susan Kogel, um, Brand Home Manager for Ben Romick Distillery based in Forest. Thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. Um, Susan, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do here at Ben Romick? Well, I am a Speyside girl, born and, born and bred, grew up in, in Rothis, and I've worked in the whiskey industry all my adult life in, in various guises. I am the Brand Home Manager at Ben Romick Distillery, and I am responsible for all the inbound visitors to the site, whether they are consumers, general public, trade, press, um, importers, journalists, etc. Anyone that is visiting the site with a view to looking around the distillery, taking a tour or having a tasting, we look after them here with uh, myself and our team of guides. So what can you actually tell us about the Benroom history? Well, the distillery was built in 1898 by Charles Doig, who was a, a famous architect from Elgin. It was one of the, the last distilleries that he built. He actually built it alongside Dallas Dew and the original distilleries of Dallas Dew and Ben Romick were actually built side by side, mirror images of each other. So that's quite a, an interesting wee nugget that I like to share on my tours. The distillery didn't go into production immediately and it didn't start properly producing until the early 1900s. Obviously the wars stopped production over the years and then, and then it fell under the, the ownership of DCL, which became SMD, otherwise known as Diageo, and it was mothballed in the 1980s and purchased by Gordon and McPhail in, in 1993. And so after being purchased by Gordon and McPhail, what has happened since that point? Well, in 1993, when Gordon and McPhail purchased the, the distillery, it was effectively an empty shell. Um, it was in quite poor condition, so there was the the task of renovating the distillery and, and getting all the equipment, the stills and everything back in. So the, that task took about five years and the the whiskey supply team and, and the family decided to try and recreate an old-fashioned lost style of, of Speyside whiskey, which is slightly more peated than, than you would expect. And everything was put in with a, a view to creating that specific style of spirit. It took five years to renovate and production restarted in, in 1998 and we'll be producing 20 years next year. And the distillery will also be 120 next year, so uh, big celebrations. So, um, as you mentioned, the distillery has been renovated, and you can definitely see all the amazing features within, or sorry, throughout the distillery. Um, so what can visitors expect when they come to Ben Roman? Well, we're a very small site. You know, We're only producing between 350,000 and 380,000 litres a year. So very, very small in comparison to some of the larger Speyside distilleries. And we have a fairly relaxed and informal feel at the distillery. There's no set times for the tour. You can just turn up and we'll take you on tour. There's no set length of tour. Um, depends on how many questions you ask, really. The distillery's hand-produced whiskey. You know, they, It's all done by hand. It's sight, sound, feel, touch. And you can see all those different aspects when you, when you travel around the, the distillery with one of our guides. And you, you just get a really intimate, friendly, bespoke experience when you, when you come and visit us. So I heard you mention um, hand-filled. Yep. What exactly does that mean for listeners? 
there's no automation in the distillery, so they they still do the old-fashioned water test where they're checking the spirit cut to make sure, you know, they're, they're visually checking to make sure they're correct, collecting the correct spirit. They are filling the casks by hand, they're rolling them into the warehouse by hand. It's, it's all done the old-fashioned way without the need of, of computerisation. It's a really nice experience when you come and visit us. They, you can see everything. They, with it being such a small site, the distillery's in one room, so you can smell the wash, you can see the spirit stills, you can see the, the spirit safe, you can see the liquid running through it. it you get the aromas and the sounds, and it, it's, it, it's fascinating, really. Yeah. So you mentioned before that, um, that using peat is more of a process that you guys do at Thunder Red, which yep. you know, hasn't been the way that for everyone throughout space I yep. but it is becoming more popular nowadays. Um, and I also have noticed that you guys have so many awards that you've won for the Benrimic range. Mm-hmm. What can you tell us about the range and, and how and what awards you've won and how that's come to be? I think our, our whiskies are awarded because of the, the quality. You know, we, um, we don't shirk on quality, we're only using first fill casks because that gives us the flavour profile we're looking for. We're buying the best quality casks that, that we, can, we can get everything's done in a way to produce the best quality spirit that we can and I think that's then reflected when it when it goes into the different awards, you know, World Whiskies Awards and the San Francisco Wine and Spirits Awards, you know, the the ten year old, which is our flagship, is is awarded every year. It gets, seems to get a different award and it's purely down to the quality of the, the ingredients where and the the recipe of the, the, the cask recipe that's put together by our whiskey supply team. It's it's all done with attention to detail and, and making sure that we're producing the best quality single malt that we can. Do you primarily use any particular sort of cask or is it a range of different ones? We use virgin oak, virgin American oak casks for our organic whiskey and that is in order to comply with the organic regulations. But for our, our core range, we're using a mixture of first fill American oak and first fill European oak. So we, we work with the Speyside Cooperage to 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 source the, the American oak and we work with two sherry houses in Jerez in Spain and to, to source our, our first fill sherry casks. And what do you think that does for the product of It's the the impact that it has on the flavour is is fantastic. You know, you're you can reuse your casks and, and a lot of distilleries do, but the the first usage, the the spirit is taken everything from from the cask. So your your first fill you're gonna have a rich, deep beautiful flavour and loads of colour you know they we're, we're taking all everything that we can from the casks and, and that's helping us to give that that flavour profile we, we're looking for we the first fill casks do give us that that intense character that we, that we want so so going back to some of the tours um are are visitors able to go into a warehouse and see these first yep. fill casks as part of the tour uh we we start in the mill room we go through the distillery into the, the mash house still house then we take them into the filling store and we fill on a Wednesday and a Friday. So if you're lucky enough to be on tour at that time, you can actually see the, the, the stillman filling the casks. And every tour goes into one of our warehouses as well. And it's a tr- traditional Dunnage warehouse. So you can see hundreds upon hundreds of casks just sitting, waiting. So aside from being able to see the, the filling, you know, up close and personal, what other unique features are there when you come into tour? At uh, we let every, every tour they get to smell the, the new make spirit and, and rub it onto their hands so that they can feel the fatty acids and the esters and they can feel the softness that's been produced. They get to smell the spirit, they can they can look into the washbacks, they can look into the mash tun and because it's such a small place, the stillmen or the distillery managers usually um, 
on the go. So if they've got any questions, they can chat to the team and, and they get a real hands-on experience. And So once they're finished with the tour, they come back to the visitor centre, what do they get to experience then? If they're on our classic tour, which is our standard tour that, that runs every 20, 30 minutes or so, they, the visitors get to try the, the 10-year-old. Uh, if there's anything else in the range that they like to try, then all they need to do is just ask one of our guides and they can taste another whiskey from our range. We also have enhanced tours and tastings where we taste the, the vintage whiskies from the 1970s or we, we do what we call our contrast tour where you can try four contrasting whiskies from the range. Most of the enhanced tours are held in one of our newly renovated tasting rooms and you get talked through a tutor tasting with one of the guides. And we also offer a distillery manager's tour where Keith, our, our manager, will take you on an in-depth tour and, and tasting and and give you a bottle of our distillery exclusive to, to take away as, as part of the experience. So. so you're based in Forest, which is very close to the sea, but also other distilleries within the area, like you mentioned, Dallas do. There are so many other things to do after visiting Bannerman. What sort of recommendation would you give to a visitor who asks, what do I do next? If they wanted to do something that wasn't whiskey-related, I would suggest that the visitors to the distillery come and, and visit the beach at Fintorn. It's an absolutely beautiful little village. There's loads of nice little pubs that you can go and sit outside and uh, watch the world go by. Or there's North 58, where if you want a wee bit more adventurous, you could go dolphin watching, uh, go out on a rib out into the North Sea. And in Forest as well, we've also got Ace Adventures, where you can go whitewater rafting. So pretty much something for everyone. If In distillery terms, if you wanted to, to see more distilleries, I would suggest probably the Speyside Cooperage. I think every visitor to Speyside needs to see the Cooperage. Uh, it's an art form watching the Coopers build the casks, and, and I think it, it's an integral part of the whisky industry, so everyone should see how the casks are being put together. What has drawn you back to Speyside? What are your favourite parts to see when you, while you're here? My, the hills and the River Spey. I think the, the Speyside Way walk is absolutely beautiful. You, you can walk along the River Spey. I think the, there's something for everyone in Speyside. There's great food, there's great whisky. There's the castles, the Kashmir, the, you know, the, there's something for everyone that wants to visit the, the area. And I think we've got an abundance of fantastic local produce. The weather's maybe not the best, but you don't come to Scotland for sunshine. And people are friendly as well. We're, we're quite a friendly bunch up here, so there, there's plenty to see and do. Uh, Susan, thank you so much. I appreciate you sitting down with me today in this lovely, amazing Venerable tasting room. You're welcome. Um, we look forward to hearing from you again, hopefully in the future. And- Best of luck on all your other endeavors. Thank you very much. Come back often and feel free to leave a review and add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at the MWT, Instagram and Facebook at the Malt Whiskey Trail for latest news, offers, and some exciting promotions. All links are in the show notes. <laughs>